If you're trying to conceive and feeling overwhelmed with fertility advice, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to Don't Tell Me to Relax, your fertility podcast and antidote to unhelpful fertility information. I'm Hannah, a fertility acupuncturist, teacher and campaigner for better fertility education. This podcast aims to empower and inform you about your menstrual cycle and fertility. It's basically all that information you didn't get in sex ed at school with the aim of improving your understanding of your reproductive health and optimizing your fertility. Good morning, everybody. I don't know why I said good morning, because it might not be morning when you're listening to this, but hello and welcome. I am joined this week by Lauren, who is the London Wellness Coach. Have I got that right? that's it. (laughs) Hello, Lauren. Thank you for coming to join us. And the reason that I asked Lauren to come in is because I think I saw your reel. And it really resonated with me because I think your reel was talking about PCOS because that's what, that's what, that's what this week's episode is going to be all about, is about PCOS. And I think when I saw your reel, it, your story really resonated with lots of stories that we see in clinic. And it was this idea of being diagnosed with PCOS as a young person mm. and being put on the pill and the sort of knock-on consequences of that and, and how that impacts the rest of your life. And I thought... Yes, this is somebody who knows what they're talking about, who understands PCOS and has got personal experience about it. So I thought, yeah, I need to ask you on the podcast. So thank you very much for agreeing and coming on. Oh, thank you for asking me. It's a pleasure. So Lauren, do you want to just tell us a little bit about your background and your story and what brought you into this world of work? Yeah, so I was diagnosed at around, I think I was about 14, 15 years old. And it was, you know, it was such a dark cloud that was just over my life instantly. I knew I wanted kids and I knew that that was a path that I was definitely wanting to go down. And then all of a sudden I was told at such a young age, at such an impressionable age, that actually it might not happen for me. And it was horrible and I tried to ignore it, but it was always in the back of my mind. So I found some old diaries recently and I was even, I put it in there, I hope I'll be able to have a baby. And it's like, it broke my heart that I, I like in school, I was worrying about that. Anyway, the years went by. I didn't know much about PCOS. There wasn't the information that we have now. Um, and I just kind of carried on with my normal way of eating and my normal lifestyle and things just got worse and worse. And I had a lot of acne, um, kind of the classic PCOS symptoms were showing up, but I didn't really know that it was because because of the PCOS um and I yeah so I just got on with life I then um went to uni and then I started touring as a singer and having the the best time having the most fun and all of the experiences but actually again that kind of shadow was still there and it was still weighing and realizing that I just I couldn't manage my weight I was really struggling with that um, the acne was affecting my confidence. I was developing anxiety, just a lot of different symptoms. And uh, I realised that I needed to do something. I'd been on the pill from the age of 17 to I think I was around 25 when I came off of it. Um, but I was I, the reason I actually came off was because I felt like I could have I felt like I might have been bipolar because my mood swings were getting so out of hand. I was in a new relationship and really keen to hang on to it. But knowing that actually how I was being was affecting my relationship, that every time I tried to come off the pill previously, acne would just flare up and I would always be too scared and I'd go back on it. So I came off and I sought 
natural remedies to, to help me through and adjust my body. And it was just incredible that this time I was able to keep the symptoms at bay. And for the first time in my life, I was having semi-regular cycles. They were on the longer side, but totally normal. Um, I wasn't going eight months without having a period. You know, it was it was it, like my body was working and I was completely inspired. And that's what led me to go back to uni, retrain as a nutritionist and homeopath. And that's how I ended up in the wellness world. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing that you managed to find the right path you know, and, and also you found the right path at quite, an, you know, compared to lots of people we see in clinic, actually quite an earlier age, because often lots of people are like in their early 30s, maybe when they come off the pill. Mm. Um, and that's quite a different place, isn't it, than I think when you're in your 20s. It is. And, and I agree. Most clients that come to me, they're about to come off or they've, they've come off because they've just got married and they want to they want to get pregnant. That's kind of the timing when it happens. But for me, I think I was just fed up of feeling rubbish. I was like, yeah. I cannot deal with this anymore. I need to know what's going on. Um, and I'm glad I did come off when I came off because it gave me a long time to really prep my body. And I needed that, especially because I didn't stop touring. So my lifestyle was just, it was just kind of fueling the PCOS really. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it gave me a lot of time to learn and understand and be my own guinea pig and get to my, myself to a point where I was fertile and I was ovulating regularly and able to learn my body's signals and then eventually get pregnant. Now I've got my little girl who's 17 months old, you know, from Amazing. being told as a teenager, you'll probably need fertility treatment. You probably won't be able to get pregnant. And having that over me for all of those years, there's not a day that goes by that I don't just feel so appreciative and so blessed to have her. But it's, it's, it's down to that learning. Yeah. And and when you were diagnosed when you were younger, did anyone tell you, you know, as you were given that diagnosis, did was it explained to you what the condition was or, you know, just being told that you might have problems conceiving with no explanation of why that might be mm. is really unhelpful, isn't it? You know, because you've lived, lived with that anxiety and that fear for so many years. 100%. I was given no, no information at all. Nothing. It was just... You have PCOS, it's so you have cysts on your ovaries and and you know, we'll put you on the pill in a few years. Actually before that they were giving me um they were giving me um they were giving me progesterone to induce a bleed and then I was being given something else to stop the bleed because it was too heavy and it was it was just pumping me full of so much. And I wasn't really told anything and I was you know, my weight was a concern for me and and the doctor she was lovely, but you know, my parents really they did, they did their best for me and, you know, they took me private, but they really wanted me to get this help. And I'm sitting in front of a private consultant and she's still just saying to me, oh, you know, you know, just nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, very, very common uh, situation that still happens today. And, yeah. and, and it doesn't really, it, from what I see, I haven't seen much change in in terms of you know t well also, I always think that lots of teenagers are polycystic anyway because it's yeah. a more natural state to be when you're yeah. a teenager but this idea that you know going on the pill is the only solution with no sort of wider uh, assessment of life or understanding is is yeah. not very helpful for anybody it's not and the pill is really just a plaster in the situation it's masking the symptoms it's it will help if you've got acne it will help to lower your your male hormones but it's not getting to the root of the issue what is driving the pcos what is driving these symptoms let's look in so that we can fix things yeah you know 
So can you um, give us a uh, definition or an explanation in case, because it is complex, isn't it, of, of what PCOS actually is? Yeah, so, so the hardest question of all, yeah. what I've been tossing and turning over all night, is how to explain what PCOS is, because it's so misunderstood and it is really complicated. And also because it's a syndrome, no two people with PCOS are going to have exactly the same symptoms. So a syndrome is a collection of symptoms and, you know, it, it makes it a little bit complicated. But anyway, polycystic ovary syndrome, PCOS. Poly, meaning many, cysts, referring to the cysts on the ovaries. Now, the cysts on the ovaries aren't actually cysts. It's not the same as having um, an ovarian cyst. It's not painful. They're not painful. They are follicles, uh, so immature eggs that haven't actually grown and developed to a point where they've been released. So in PCOS, often people aren't ovulating regularly. Some do, but most tend to not. So it's the body's trying to ovulate and the follicle is trying to grow and it doesn't, and it has a cyst-like appearance. And that's what is seen on the scans. So they're not cysts as such. To complicate things further, to have the syndrome, you don't necessarily have to have the cystic appearance on the ovaries either. You can actually have some other symptoms and still meet the criteria to be diagnosed. So Really, I would say that PCOS should be described as androgen excess because that mm -hmm. is the defining feature of PCOS. That's what you really need to have to know you've got it because you can have cystic look of, looking ovaries and you can have an absent period and not have PCOS. You can have something else going on and actually that causes PCOS to maybe sometimes be overdiagnosed when it may be something else like hypothalamic amenorrhea which is another reason for the for a cycle to go AWOL yeah so with many people it's kind of thought of that it's more of a gynecological issue so people can get sent to a gynecologist but it's not it's an endocrine issue it's an issue with our hormones um, and it's normally characterized from for a lot of people with um, hirsutism which is excess hair that sometimes comes up on the face and the neck and on the body um, some hair loss androgenic alopecia which is normally in the kind of the male patterned areas male pattern balding um absent irregular cycles difficulty maintaining weight so weight gain um some really some difficult symptoms really i think the thing about pcos like you've you've highlighted is that it affects many different areas of the body and it, it affects individuals in many different ways it can show yes. up in many different ways including mood as well which is oh, something gosh. Yeah, which is something that I hadn't really appreciated, but it's links to how you're feeling can be um, really strong because I guess also if you're not having a cycle or if, you, if your cycle is irregular, then that can really impact your mood and your thoughts and your feelings. It can and often progesterone is low because you're not ovulating. If you're not ovulating, yes. your progesterone is not being maintained. So unfortunately, you know, our, our progesterone is kind of like your anti-anxiety um, hormone if you want to think of it like that so that can really have an effect but also um, the circadian rhythm of people with PCOS is often disrupted as well um, in, in studies they found that the melatonin production or the secretion actually continues longer for, for more hours so you feel sleepier in the day you know that's going that's going to have an effect on your mood there's and there's so many factors that contribute so it's not just the hormones but it's how the symptoms affect you as well you know if yeah. you're worrying about your facial hair or yeah. worrying about not being able to get pregnant can affect mental health. 
And and in terms of fertility, so there's always this, you know, link with fertility issues. And again, it's a complex situation, isn't it? Because it's not like, for example, if you have got blocked tubes. So, so you know, if you've yeah. got a blocked tube and the egg cannot meet the sperm, sperm meet the egg, then that's a real kind of straightforward reason as to why you might be struggling to conceive. But with PCOS, I think it's a bit more complicated, isn't it? It is. It's a little bit less physical than that, yeah. I think. I think that's the problem. So in 70 to 80% of people with PCOS, the root cause, the driver is insulin resistance. So that's where I tend to start when I'm focusing on getting somebody ovulating if they want to get pregnant, um, or just for life to, to ovulate for health. Um, so I tend to go with insulin resistance because it's actually the, the high insulin that increases the the male hormones the testosterone etc to uh cause the ovaries to overproduce you know yeah. overproduce those those hormones and that's what actually suppresses the ovulation so the first thing we want to do is figure out why is this ovulation being suppressed what's going on what is the driver of your pcos as an individual it's not going to be the same for everyone for some people it will be insulin resistance for most people but there may be things other things going on it may be that it's 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 adrenal so it's more stress related mm -hmm. so we want to look at really getting the nervous system as relaxed as possible out of that fight or flight it's it's very individual yeah but it's so possible well that's what i love because with I think PCOS is extremely lifestyle related, but that that's empowering. That gives us the power to change things that we're eating and 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 being around to actually get our body doing what it needs to do. Yes, and and I always say to people that you know I, we have lots of people in clinic who've got PCOS, who maybe they ovulate. I don't know, let's say eight times a year. So instead of 12 times a year, they ovulate eight times because they have these really long cycles. Yeah. And I would say, you know, in, in, in theory, and I've seen it happen in clinic, just because you're ovulating later, it doesn't mean that you can't conceive. No. It's, no. But it's about, you know, and this is where kind of my work uh, with fertility awareness comes in really handy because I think often, mm. you know, people with PCOS come to clinic and they're like, I never get a positive or, or I've always got a positive. Got, yeah. You know, it goes between one and the other. I'm always confused about my body symptoms and, you know, they have these really long cycles and if you're tracking a really long cycle, it's just, it becomes really soul destroying to kind Tedious. of go day in, yeah, day in, day out with not a lot happening. But I think the thing is, is that, you know, working on your cycle, getting to understand your cycle and knowing Okay, I think the thing that I see is that people might get cervical mucus and then it might stop and then it might come and then it might stop as the body sort of tries to ovulate yeah. and it doesn't. And yeah. I would say, well, at least if you're hitting each one of those attempts, because you won't know no. whether you have actually ovulated or not, mm. but at least if you can try and have sex around each of those mm. opportunities, potential opportunities, then it might be harder to conceive because you're never, it's never quite as exact as it is if you've got a regular sort of 28 no. day cycle, mm. but it is still achievable. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like, because I think lots of people think that they will never conceive and that they need to go down the road of kind of IVF. That's kind of what mm. they've been told, but I think it's not as black and white as you've got PCOS. This is what you're going to have to do. I think no. there's a lot of things before that point. Absolutely. Like so many things you said there have just hit the nail on the head for me. So first of all, 
I, I don't agree with the there even being an infertility tag attached to PCOS. People with PCOS are not infertile. They are just not ovulating. Yeah. You know, we just need to get people ovulating and then you have all the opportunity to fall pregnant just the same as anybody else. Okay, maybe you have less opportunity because you're probably ovulating less times in a year, but you have the opportunity. I, I, I think the month that I fell pregnant, my cycle was... 50 something days long or wow in the low for in the high 40s I think you know but I had learned my body I'd learned the signs so as you rightly mentioned ovulation sticks often don't work for people with PCOS because our LH is usually high all the time so our, yeah. our LH to FSH ratio is is not it's not what it should be not what it could be um so so I always say to just actually just stay away from the sticks and just learn your body so exactly what you say it's it's focusing on the cervical mucus understanding what that means say okay this is an opportunity I may not be ovulating yet but let's just give it a go because it may be happening and you might find that happens throughout the month a few times um I always get it a little bit around day 14 so my body knows it's like I want to do it then but then it just doesn't and then I have to wait a few more weeks and it happens again and then I'm like maybe this is it um but basal body temperature is a really great way to to learn that and at least then afterwards you're able to confirm it's happened yeah and then you you can say okay well it was right so that sign it was what I thought it was yeah because I think that that's the thing isn't it that gets people down is that always living in I've absolutely no idea where I'm at you know that kind of real like I don't know what's happening with my body and that is it really um makes people feel really disconnected and sort of upset obviously and down on you know the chances this time but I think you know tracking and, and learning and understanding your cycle really does give you a bit more information so you can feel a bit more in control I think that's that's absolutely it. it's it's feeling in control because I think when you do have PCOS like you say not knowing what's going on your body going on in your body it you do feel completely out of control you feel yeah. completely disempowered you feel like you can't trust your body and I've been there and I really understand how that feels and it's you know it's exhausting guessing all the time and seeing other people everybody else around you falling pregnant and just doing this thing like it's nothing and then you're there battling for something yeah that you feel like your body should be able to do and that mindset can really take its toll and it can be quite damaging um and I really found myself in that situation and I really did struggle but doing the things like tracking helps to give you that bit of control back a little bit of empowerment back and once you understand as I mentioned, that lifestyle has is such a huge factor for PCOS that just gives you even more control knowing that I can take these particular supplements, I can do this movement, I can eat these foods, I am doing this for me and this will ha- make a difference and this will help. Mm. That makes a huge difference to the mindset. And obviously we know mind-body connection is so huge. Yeah. And it just has a knock-on effect. Yeah. I, I think the other thing that we see a lot in clinic is people who are overweight and have struggled to lose weight for the whole of their lives and are told repeatedly by their GP that they will not have any fertility investigations or they can't be they can't be referred until they lose the weight. And often often that people have A never been told that they might be suffering from PCOS mm. and B, they have never been informed that connection between PCOS and the difficulties around losing the weight. So lots of people carry the weight as like, it's it's my fault. Yeah. It's because I'm not doing enough. It's because I eat too much. It's because I don't move enough. You know, like all the messaging mm-hmm. from society 
is so damaging and it's so um oh it's it it, it destroys yeah it really does and, and often i've had conversations with people and they've like no one's ever taught like they they literally are like no one's ever told me that i feel so much better knowing that because i'm always like your biology is not helping you and this mm. is a biological fact it's not you know it's not that you are doing anything wrong yeah. your genetics mean that your body does not lose weight as other people's and yeah. that is something that's really important you need to understand how your body works so you can kind of hack the system basically that's it that's it that's what i call it i say it's hormone hacks yeah because it literally is you have to understand why why your body is holding on to weight yeah and, you know I've, I've got a little note that i wrote for myself which i don't think you'll be able to see this but i, I wonder if you can i've written on here because i'm i'm writing a course on pcos yeah i want it to, i want this information exactly what we're talking about right now to be accessible so i'm writing a course which is going to be um a course that you do at home it will be filmed and you'll watch it and you'll learn and and I, in doing the research, I wrote this note and it said, I was only overweight and greedy. This is how I felt about myself growing mm. up because of my blood sugar. Mm. When insulin is up, it increases hunger and cravings for carbs and sugar. When insulin is up, it alerts the body to store fat at all costs. It wasn't mm. my fault. This is what I've written for myself. I am a nutritionist mm. I'm quite, and I'm still making these breakthroughs for myself to break down these belief systems that I've held for so long because of how I've understood my body and how doctors have treated me. And it's always come back to my weight. You need to lose weight. But they don't tell you that actually the reason you're storing weight is because of your blood sugar. So you're going home and you're starting your day with toast and cereal and all the things that are going to put you on a blood sugar roller coaster for the rest of the day. And have you craving these things that are going to further fuel this issue? Mm. Information is not there. And it breaks my heart. And I'm so passionate about this subject yeah. because I've lived it. And it's not yeah. there. Yeah. And it's so widespread, isn't it? It's yeah. so, so common. It's so, um, what, what is it? Is it, is it 30%, 40% of fertility issues are down or have a PCOS link? It's a really high statistic. So, you know, there are so many people out there with these beliefs that, you know, the more we can talk about it and educate and spread the word. Yeah. The better. Yeah, we have to. <laughs> so in so in terms of like treatment options, like what 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 is your approach? What do you what are your hacks? So my approach is I go root cause. So we yeah. I want to know why this is happening. Why is why are you having these symptoms? What what is your PCOS being driven by? So we sit down, we we talk about this. Um and I, I can figure out quite quickly now through symptoms what's going on. So if you're somebody who is quite stressy, you have a lot of anxiety, your sleep is, um, you're tired but wired at night, I can maybe ascertain actually um, maybe you're more adrenal PCOS. Maybe that's your that's where your, your root is coming from. If you're somebody who has more of the kind of the androgenic symptoms, a little bit more, um, and maybe um, the weight is more of an issue, I might say, okay, actually, you know, you get hangry a lot. I might mm. say that actually maybe it's blood sugar is more, you know, sometimes I, people come to me who have come off the pill and they, they've never had any of these symptoms before. They had, you know, regular periods before they've, they've come off the pill and now they've been diagnosed with PCOS. That's a specific type of PCOS that's post pill PCOS. And that's usually temporary. So with that, it's kind of a, 
a bit more of a general approach because it's temporary and you know that they will get back to it but you know if you are somebody who's suffering the symptoms it's kind of it's finding out what your root cause is and then it you know but I will say to everyone blood sugar balance is yeah it's where you want to start it's 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 learning how to keep your blood sugar as stable as possible so I mean, number one thing, this is this is the number one hack. If you're going to do one thing today, and this is anybody with any hormonal issues, start your day with protein. So brownie points, if it's completely savoury, that would be amazing. But um, if not, if you want to do like a smoothie, just go with berries, don't do banana, just, just berries, low GI, and just, you don't want to eat something that's going to spike your blood sugar. So just having carbs by themselves, so just having toast, or just having cereal. It's not doing you a favour at all. It's stressing your adrenals. It's setting you on a blood sugar roller coaster. That you will be eating more sugar and carbs for the rest of the day. Um, so start your day with your protein. Have your eggs or have a protein shake. Um, that would be number one hack. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know what, I have not got PCOS, but I am currently perimenopausal. <sighs> and I have noticed that my blood sugar, and having never had any problems for a whole of my life, I'm suddenly like, oh, my God, after every meal, I Is really... That- yeah i mean it's overwhelming the the uh the need for it and i do find that if i if i start my day wet my day in a really conscious way yeah which is hard work i'm not gonna lie because it's easy to grab granola isn't it and just pour your milk over it's so it's just that forethought is it it massively does it works it works. This is it the thing. Works. I know it's hard. I yeah. I will be the first person to say that having PCOS is exhausting or just trying to look after your hormones in general is exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot of thought and a lot of, you know, being intentional about your choices. And for me, it costs a little bit because I'm, you know, I'm on quite a few supplements, but I need them. Yeah. Um, it will take more effort, but it's so worth it. And I just yeah. think, you know, if you're on a fertility journey and you want that little baby in your arms I you will do anything and if it means that you you know I mean you know I'm realistic about these things with my clients I I understand you maybe don't have the time to get up and make eggs every single morning which is why you know we we do protein we do vegan protein shakes that's cool we make it work or it's things like you know just make a frittata on a Sunday and then you can just cut your slice and that's you know you know that each slice is going to be equivalent to maybe two eggs and that that at least is something that you're getting that's better than grabbing the granola yeah absolutely mm. and and just because you mentioned supplements there the other thing that we see a lot in clinic is that people come into clinic with a whole list mm-hmm. of supplements and you know there's a whole world out there of what you should or shouldn't take and you know we always say get personal don't don't read something off the internet no work with somebody like yourself because what might be right for one person isn't right for everybody and especially around PCOS I think you want it's worth spending some money to get that tailored advice and support around supplements definitely well you're saving money in the long term because you're just stabbing in the dark you're going oh this person's on this or this person's on that and there's so much conflicting information and also like you say PCOS is so individual so I will always recommend working with a practitioner get some bloods done and then they can direct you to what is driving your PCOS and what you need. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's invaluable. You just, you just must. <laughs> and and if you, so if you are somebody listening to this and you're um, thinking, let's say for example, what would be your, what would be your top tip for like, you know, the teenage you, 
What would you say to the teenage you about this situation? What do you wish you'd have done or what do you wish you'd known? Gosh, that's a really good question. So I would say, it's a really good question. I would say teenage me, I'd probably tell myself to look after my adrenal glands a little bit better. Right. Not live such a fast paced life and do the whole traveling and being here, there and everywhere touring and doing that whole thing. Lots of sugar and not so much sleep to be honest. Um, <laughs> I need to look after our adrenals a little bit more, all of us. Um, but I think I would have, I think I would have cut myself some slack. I would tell myself to cut myself some slack and understand that it's not, it's not me. It's yeah. my body and it's biology and it's not my worth. Um, and my fertility isn't based on my worth. And I think I would have, I would have got my mindset in order because that's actually the thing that's the lasting damage because I really felt after I got pregnant and carried to full term and had a healthy baby, I was flying high for a while and I felt amazing. And I was like, oh my God, my anxiety's gone. Everything's brilliant. And actually now my cycles come back and I'm, I'm now tracking again just to know where I'm at. It's actually quite triggering. And mm. I've, it just shows I, I'm not healed because I've had a baby. My mindset is still there. I'm still, that belief system is still set. Mm. So I think if I could go back and talk to teenage me and help teenage me, it would be, of course, to give all of the knowledge to not have to get to this point, but it would probably be just to understand that it's not my fault and try to make living in my head a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's really good advice, isn't it? Because, you know, you can work on the physical, but it's also important to look at the mental and, and emotional toil of what you've been through and, and how that doesn't just disappear, no. you know, when, you, when you've had a child. Because, and I, we see this a lot mm. that, you know, people who've been through fertility struggles, loss, IVF, that often once they have a baby it's not like that has completely solved all the problems no. and it might not come up immediately, but often it can, it can raise its head in, in other forms. And it's such a big area, isn't it? To, to look at and, yeah. and address. Yeah, it is. And I'm, I'm glad you said that actually, because it's not something that I've really spoken about very much with other people, mm -hmm. especially not other people with PCOS. So actually it's quite reassuring to hear you say that, that is yeah. a common thing. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I think also the thing with PCOS is that it's not just about those fertile years. Yeah. You know, there are links with PCOS to diabetes. Obviously, I've talked about insulin resistance a lot and blood sugar. So diabetes is a really big, it's a big, um, we've got much more of an increased risk factor for it. Um, fatty liver disease, high cholesterol, sleep apnea. So it's not something that stops when you reach menopause. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's for life. So it's very important to understand how to manage it long term and make figure out your lifestyle in a way that is sustainable for you so it's not all or nothing it's not I can do this 100 percent so i can just get pregnant you need to be able to maintain that pregnancy you know miscarriage rates are higher and three times higher in women with PCOS, mm. people with PCOS. so it needs to be something that is long term and that we can just carry through so it's it's learning these things but implementing them in a way that's sustainable for life yeah and that, that is the thing, isn't it? It's not that PCOS is like, or for, I always say this to people, mm. it's not like fertility is separate from, or it's just this part of your life. It's like, really, it's about good health. It's about, under, yes. it's about underlying good health because that informs 
good fertility. It's not like the two are separate and, you know, there's this kind of, it has to be a complicated, specific thing for fertility. It's actually good health and especially with PCOS because as you say it is a lifelong condition isn't it and it impacts so many different areas of life as we said at the beginning and it will impact every single stage of your life and age so it's it's good to really learn about it and the thing that I think unfortunately with a lot of conditions that affect women is that you have to do a lot of the work yourself you know, <laughs> rather than kind of like, you know, I think we there is a tradition, isn't there, that we're told by medicine when we're ill, we're told by doctors what it is that we need to do. We listen to that and we do it. That's kind of mm-hmm. like the, uh, you know, a lot of the kind of traditional way of kind yeah. of health. And I think actually with a lot of these things, it's we need to do more work ourselves because I don't think the options are available you know western medicine is amazing but it's looking at pcos in in from a western medicine point of view and that's a very kind of clinical medical these are the drugs that are available point of view but in terms of like you know has a you know in terms of the wider part of pcos i'm not sure that you're going to get that always from a clinician because that you know that's just not their background they don't have the depth knowledge of nutrition for example that you do this is the thing they they just don't know it so it's you've you know there's 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 a few points to the issue it's the fact that the knowledge isn't there it's the funding isn't there yeah um, you know that information just is not available to gps for instance it's just not there so if you go to your gp talking about your pcos as far as they're concerned if you're not overweight and you're and you're having cycles and you're not trying to get pregnant the whole quality of life thing is a separate issue you know yeah. it's just I'll help you get pregnant and that's fine you can have letrozole or clomid or whatever or you know we'll do some treatment but other than that there isn't really much emphasis on quality of life and mm. that's something that I do find quite frustrating mm. um but I think you know unfortunately the responsibility does come down to us and you know there is a lot more information out there now and again this is why I'm doing this course I want this to be available to the masses yeah, and I want this to be something that is not kept for either people who have literally retrained to understand their body as I have, or people who can afford to see me one to one. Obviously, you, nothing compares to having that one to one treatment, but I am trying to to produce something that is accessible because everybody deserves to understand what's going on inside their body. Absolutely, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Lauren. That's so interesting and so helpful. And if people want to find out more about working with you, and when's your course coming out? What's your September? What's your I know. September. September. I mean, I'm still. I'm just finishing the writing. I've got like I'm like got five modules left. I can do this, and then we'll be filming July and September is PCOS Awareness Month, so it will be released then. Very, Great. very excited about it. Um, but but to work with me one-to-one, you can find my um, my website, LondonWellnessCoach.com. And um, I mean, Instagram is kind of where a lot of people tend to find me and come through to me. So my DMs are always open, even yeah. just for a chat. Just come and have a chat with me. And it's London Wellness Coach on Instagram as well. Great. Thank you. I will put all the details up and good luck with your course. I did Thank a course you. a few years ago and it nearly finished me off, let me tell you. <laughs> Honestly, like I'm writing this with a, to- with a toddler as well. I'm yeah. literally just like, I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think I did mine in lockdown because there was literally nothing else to do. And that was a, that, and even in lockdown when you couldn't go out, it, I still found it like a lot of work. So, it's just a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but good luck because it so, it's so good to have something like that to make it accessible to as many people as possible. So, yeah, yeah good luck you. with that. I look forward to seeing it. Thank you. And Thanks for having me. Thank you again for your time. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. If you want to find out more about Lauren, then all her uh, details are on the show notes. And obviously, if you have any questions, you can get in contact with either of us. So I hope you have found this hope helpful. And I'll see you next time. Thank you. If you've enjoyed listening to this and want to find out more, then come and join my free community in Facebook. We have loads of resources. You can catch up on all our previous webinars and be the first to know about forthcoming events. To sign up, just follow the link in the show notes. And if you'd like to work one-to-one with myself or one of the team, then please see our website, hannahpern.com, where you can book in directly or organize a discovery call to find out how we can support your fertility and your reproductive health.